Talk to my friend Drew. And Allen. I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As die-hard conservative. to this guy for wisdom. Where the heck are the Clintons? Where is Hillary Clinton? We have not heard from her in a very long time, but uh, stay with me. I think I may have an explanation for you. I know where Hillary Clinton has been. I can tell you why you haven't heard from her. And no, she hasn't been on vacation. She's been very, very busy, actually. All right. So an update on the uh, student loan handout here. So it's actually going to cost about $500 billion, not the $300 billion being reported by the media yesterday. Now, this is according to the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget. Now, the $500 billion is, is a median because, you know, they're, they're, they're projecting that it's going to cost taxpayers between $440 billion and $600 billion over the next 10 years. And, you know, I want to touch on this again for a few minutes, uh, but I want, I want to make a point that, that no one else, I mean, I've been scouring the media listening, but I haven't heard anybody make the, the most important point here. Now, first and foremost, while it's fun to point out the insanity of all this, we cannot be distracted because in the end, Really, there's one fundamental problem with this that is that overrides any other issue, and that is the fact that it's unconstitutional. Listen to what uh, Joe Biden said and Nancy Pelosi said uh, in the past about Biden's ability to use a pin and executive action to wipe out student debt, which, of course, isn't wiped out. It's just transferred to you and me. Because I don't think I have the authority to do it by signing the pen. Has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. That would has to be an act of Congress. An act of Congress. My, oh my. Well, what could have possibly changed? It was not constitutional in the past, but all of a sudden as we approach midterm elections, it's suddenly celebrated. They're going forward with it. Now, you've heard people say it. It's true. They're trying to buy votes. I mean, that's absolutely true, but there's more to it than that. And I'll tell you what this boils down to. Yes, it's about the midterm elections. Yes, it's about buying votes. But there's something else here important to point out. And that is drawing attention to the unholy alliance between the collegiate system, the university system in America, both public and private, and the Democratic Party. Now, this does not address the root cause, right, which is the cost of tuition. The colleges are still getting paid. There's Nothing's being done to compel them to lower their costs, and that's not going to happen. That's not the intention. They're not going to touch them because they're in bed with one another. They're colluding together. Now, think about the colleges. The colleges are owned by the left in this country. 
They are indoctrination centers for our youth. And this is why, by the way, Joe Biden and the Democratic Party want to have universal pre-K. They want to make college, you know, put everybody in college because they want to have your kids for as long as possible to ensure that they can ruin their fertile minds with their insipid ideology and make sure they are Democrats for life. So look, colleges in response to this, they're just going to continue to increase the prices, the cost of tuition. And you know what the secondary effect of all this is going to be the upshot? Well, future college students are looking at what's happening right now, and do you think they're going to be deterred from taking out loans and going to universities? No, because they're looking and saying, look, there's not going to be consequences for me either. I'll take out loans just like everybody else. And when I am in debt, well, you know, the Democratic Party will just come and wipe away my debt too. Just all it takes is a, a, a pen and paper. So students are going to be eager to borrow money, presuming that it's going to be forgiven in the future. Which means that universities are going to continue to charge whatever they want, and they're still going to get their money from the taxpayer. What we are doing you and I, the taxpayer, we are subsidizing the salaries, six-figure salaries of far-left university teachers and administrators. And they are pumping out Democrat voters by indoctrinating them. They're being rewarded now by the Democratic Party. They're still getting their money, and we're on the hook for it. So this is government higher education collusion. It's an absolute racket. And, you know, look at this, you know, um, Pocahontas, Pocahontas, right? Elizabeth Warren, she taught a class at Harvard. Um, I forget the exact year, but I think she did it for two years. And she was paid about $420,000 over that period of time. Now, she wasn't a full-time professor. But regardless, think about this. So she was paid, you know, nearly two hundred. dollars $10,000 a year to teach a class at Harvard. That's what these professors are getting paid. They're tenured, they can't be fired, and they're indisputably left-wingers, Democrats, vocal about it. And so this is like unions who, you know, we've had an unprecedented, this hasn't been talked about enough, but there has been an unprecedented push to expand unions in the country under the Biden administration. He wants to unionize everything. And the reason they want unions is because unions are simply, uh, you know, uh, essentially donors to the Democratic Party. In 2020, I'll give you an example, labor unions alone. They poured 1.8 million billion, I'm sorry, 1.8 billion dollars into elections. Which party do you think that money went to? Now unions compel the union members, the employees, the workers to pay the dues. And those workers would be fired if they didn't pay the union dues. And that money is poured back into the Democratic Party. It is a shakedown. And that's what is happening at the universities. That's why the Democrats 
never say an ill word about going to college. Look, we live in this uh, credentialed system, right? Credentials that don't mean anything. But everyone buys this. You've got to go to college because if you don't go to college, you know, people look down on you. But not everyone needs to go to college. And in fact, many people who go there shouldn't. They'd be better off if they didn't. The trades, becoming a plumber, an electrician, these things. Why are those not being taught in most schools now? Are those not viable and important professions that we need that can provide a very successful living to the individual pursuing it? Of course. But they don't want that. They, you look, the Democrats own the education system, and they understand that that education system produces Democrat voters. So they want... If they had their way, every single American to go through their education system, including college, so that they can continue to indoctrinate them. And so this is the real thing we need to be talking about. This is the significant issue to be pointing out. Look, Harvard has a $42 billion endowment. Yale's is $31 billion. Stanford, Princeton, Massachusetts... Institute of Technology, MIT, they have endowments worth between $18 billion and $29 billion. Why don't they give their money to the students? Why don't they subsidize their education? They don't want to do that. They just want the federal government to issue loans that make it possible for them to keep the tuition prices where they are so that students have a way to pay the university. The universities get their money no matter what. And then the federal government can come along and say, you don't have to pay the debt to the individual student, but the American taxpayer is going to foot the bill. So who comes out getting screwed? We, us, the taxpayer, the university suffers not at all. And so that's what's important to point out. Don't forget that because this is the real, this is the real explanation behind what the Democrats just did. This is a gift to the universities, a gift to the education centers in this country that they rely upon to carry out their will of indoctrinating and producing Democrat voters. So you and I are just subsidizing indoctrination centers. We are funding the Democratic Party, essentially. All right, now some other news. Marjorie Taylor Greene, last episode I reported that she had been swatted. Her house had been swatted. Well, now she has been swatted a second time. Have you ever heard of this happening to a Democrat ever before? Name one time that a Democrat Congress pronoun was swatted. That a conservative Republican voter out there got on the phone and reported of a murder at a Democrat politician's house in order to scare them. Now, the FBI should be opening an investigation into this type of thing. They should be spending their resources there, don't you think? Instead of going after Trump and uh, MAGA grandmas? Now, if you want to hear what the left has to say about this swatting of Marjorie Taylor Greene's home, well, you won't hear anything. You won't see any condemnation. In fact, politicos, 
Politico has a story out there, and this is a story that's being run by all of the propagandist media out there. So think about this. I think it's two consecutive days now. Maybe it was a day in between, but Marjorie Taylor Greene's home in Rome, Georgia, was just swatted twice. The second time today, and Politico runs a story with this headline. The Biden White House is putting Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, and other Republicans on blast for slamming student loan relief. Um, are they inciting this swatting? Is this uh, irresponsible? Can you imagine if, I don't know, AOC's house was swatted two times, what the reaction from the left would be? And can you imagine if in the midst of AOC being targeted by some lunatic calling the police and reporting of a murder in AOC's home, can you imagine if Fox News and whatever exists of non-leftist media out there ran a story that uh, denounced AOC. I'll give an example. Okay, MSNBC, two days ago, ran a headline that said, Marjorie Taylor Greene officially declares war on the trans community. So they're painting Marjorie Taylor Greene as... Some uh, violence. I mean, that's the intention of saying she declared war on the trans community. Now, none of that's true. If anyone's declared war on the trans community, by the way, it's uh, gays. But MSNBC, they, they, they put out this story and they say, if Republicans seize control of Congress, trans affirming care for children and adults is at stake. You, you know, this is shocking to me. You know why? Because the editor, the editor at MSNBC must have been out on vacation. They must have been asleep or out sick uh, with COVID after they've gotten their shots and boosters or something. Maybe they're taking Paxlovid and they were out of the office. But Because, you know, trans-affirming care, right? That's what they, they wrote or allowed to be, to be um, published. But typically, the approved leftist description of this is gender-affirming. But they, they let it go here, and they say trans-affirming care. So this is a big mistake. I, I don't think that MSNBC has caught it yet. Now, can we address the oxymoron here as well about gender-affirming care? What, what, gender It doesn't affirm the gender. It denies the gender. You aren't affirming a man's gender when you cut off the man's largest organ. You're mutilating gender. You're denying that gender. So this, I want to focus on this MSNBC headline here, or, or, or just a pull quote from it, because this issue alone should end the left. It absolutely should. This single issue that describes how perverted and sick they are, how evil they are. So here's, here's the pull quote. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene introduced a bill in Congress on Friday that would ban gender-affirming care for transgender minors across the country. Let me repeat that. So they're upset that she wants to ban gender-affirming care for transgender minors across the country. They say it's the most sweeping and draconian piece of legislation conjured by an ever more radicalized and violent anti-trans movement. Do you see how they're painting us as violent? And how their calls, their labels, 
are inviting attacks, physical attacks, violent attacks, swatting of our homes as displayed by what happened with Marjorie Taylor Greene. But they have, see, they have no problem at all with this. In fact, they invite this. They know what they're doing and they like it because they're the Gestapo, unbound completely by morality. These people are absolutely insane. Honestly, as I said, this issue alone could end, should end and destroy the Democratic Party. They want teenagers and even younger kids to be encouraged to take puberty blockers and transition. And they call opposing that draconian. No, opposing that is moral. What they are doing, condoning it, is evil. So they want your 12-year-old to be encouraged to go to a doctor without your permission and take puberty blockers to change their sex because some teacher told them that if they feel uncomfortable, you know, in their skin, which is normal for every young person, well, they will simply tell them, well, this is probably because... They put these sick sick ideas in their mind. I mean, this is the devil's work. I don't know how else to describe it. Somebody taking advantage of a confused 12-year-old, somebody uncomfortable in an environment at school, somebody picked on, somebody who, who is going through different... Look, I mean, this is the time of puberty, right? I mean, you have developments in the body for boys and girls. It's a confusing time. You don't know what's going on. And ordinarily, a parent is there to explain what's going on, to affirm and educate about what's going on to the body. But these people want to take advantage of that very sensitive moment in a child's life and destroy them. So like I said, um, it's actually gays who have declared war on the trans community. They want the T gone. That's right. They want LGB back. No T. They want to be completely disassociated with the transgender community because the transgender community hijacked their movement. They took control of it. And the two movements have nothing in common. Being gay or bisexual has nothing to do with chopping off your largest organ and pretending that you're some other sex. But they won't dare attack the gay community, right? They won't call them out on that because they need the gays. That's another uh, identity group they've created. They pretend to be champions of the gays, unless, of course, you're a gay conservative, in which case you're not invited into the club. So, you see, none of this is really about being gay or anything else. It's just ideological, right? If you're gay and you oppose Joe Biden, if you're gay and you're a Republican, well, you might as well be straight. You might as well be, I I don't know, a Trump supporter, which there are many gays that are Trump supporters. But that uh, overrides everything. Same thing, Dr. Ben Carson. You know, Joe Biden said it best. Very racist, right? If you don't vote for me, you ain't black. You see, it's not really about your skin color. It's not really about any of this. It's just about making sure that whatever difference, perceived difference there is in somebody, well, you know, you've got to take advantage of that and make sure that you vote Democrat. I mean, it's it's hard to even explain because it's so simple, actually. So if you're a black Republican, you ain't black. If you're a gay Republican, you ain't gay. If you're a gay trans, if you're a trans Republican, you ain't trans. These people are lunatics. 
All right, so I want, you know, this is a fun, I'm having a lot of fun today. Yesterday, you know, was kind of preacher mode for me because I had a lot to get off my chest. I, I went pretty scorched earth. I, I say that as a positive thing. I needed to go scorched earth. Um, but today I want to cover some more ground and get you informed about more things going on. So <laughs> another Epstein associate is dead. And this brings me full circle to uh, where is Hillary Clinton? Where is Hillary Clinton? Well, circling the scene of another crime. So Stephen Hoffenberg, look, I mean, how many Epstein associates have died? Uh, we had the French guy, he committed suicide. Epstein, of course, himself committed suicide. I mean, the body count is racking up. So Stephen Hoffenberg, he was found on the floor of his bedroom in Connecticut. And there were no visible signs of trauma, and he was 77 years old. Coincidence? Now, he had been dead. Think, listen to this. Hoffenberg had been dead for at least a week. And, you know, they know this because, well, yeah, I mean, his body was decomposed. They, they're having to, to use his dental records to confirm his ID. So this guy's been dead in his house, his bedroom of his apartment, whatever, in Connecticut for a week or more. And so I guess somebody called, and you know, because it had been a week, they hadn't heard from him, and the police showed up, and they found his decomposed body. Got to use dental records to confirm his ID. Now, this is important, because Hoffenberg, Hoffenberg, so he ran this firm. Okay, he ran this firm back in the 90s, all right? It was a Ponzi scheme, right, like, like Madoff. But he ran this firm called uh, Tower Financial Corp, and he ran it with Epstein. And he was sentenced, Hoffenberg, that is, for 20 years. And he defrauded investors out of nearly half a billion dollars. Man, Ponzi schemes were all the rage, were they not? All the rage. I mean, what a fad. Um, and, you know, just because I find it interesting, you know, I, 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 I'll explain if you don't know how these Ponzi schemes work. I just find this stuff fascinating. I mean, how they can get away with this for so long, too, but it always comes back to bite them in the in the butt. I mean, you can't, you can't keep this going for, for forever. So, so they raised $400 million at this Towers Financial Corp by selling bonds and these promissory notes to investors. So, so the investor, this is how the Ponzi scheme always works. So the investor loans, let's say a million bucks to the invest investment company, right? So you know, I I'm the invest I'm the in investor, right? Uh, so I invest. I give my money to Tower Financial Corp, and they're they're supposed to you know give me some kind of r return on my money. So anyway, so I I loan them because they're raising money, right? So I loan this financial company a million bucks, and in return, the firm promises to pay a fixed amount back to me periodically or they'll say look we'll pay you back the million bucks with 7.2% interest rate by x date and they got to give you the money so they'd find 10 more investors to give money they just use that money to pay off the previous investors and themselves obviously and then they just keep bringing in new investors and issuing these other promissory notes to pay the other investors right so it's like me i go to 10 people 10 investors and i say uh you know, give me your money, and 
And I, then I use that money to pay off the previous investors I scammed and myself. And then I just keep bringing in more and more investors and issuing these promissory notes to pay the other investors. And so uh, anyway, so 10 people, right? Hey, I, I need you guys to all give me, you know, a million bucks. Great. So now I have 10 people give me a million bucks. I got 10 million bucks. And I say, I'm going to promise to pay all of you back in a year with interest. Well, six months later, I get 10 more investors to do the same. So I've got, what, 20 million now. But in six months, I owe 10 million plus interest to the first round of investors. So this always ends in a bad way. But anyway, Jeffrey Epstein, so he worked as a paid consultant at Towers Financial and he didn't get charged with fraud. He walked away. So, you know, it looks like essentially Hoffenberg fell on the sword. And, and when, 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 when a lawyer was um, representing all these people who were defrauded, one of the lawyers um, involved in that suit back in the 90s represented, you know, the, the defrauded. Well, he said he understood Epstein was number two or three at the firm. He was on the chart, right? And somehow Epstein walks away. And so this guy's another guy who was a close associate of Epstein. Epstein's been carrying on this, what, well, he carried that, you know, Lolita Express and Bill Clinton and all those people going and sleeping with those underage girls for a long time. And so this guy's suddenly dead. So, you know, I don't know. You, you know, it's funny, though. I, I, I bet that, you, you know what the easiest way to drain the swamp was? By the way, isn't it astonishing you know, we had this Epstein case. It was really big, right? We were, you know, reporters weren't allowed in. We didn't get any information. They sealed all the court documents. They locked up uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. But have you ever heard of a case in which you testify about all the people involved in the crimes, right? All the people that actually slept with those underage girls and not a single one of them, not a single one of their names has been released. Not a single person has been or will be prosecuted. And you know what? If we could get our hands on that little book that listed the names of Epstein's clients in terms of the sex trafficking, well, the swamp, it would be clean immediately. There would be no swamp. All of our problems would essentially go away because most of those people were involved in that scheme. They'd all be in prison where they belong. But that's not going to happen, is it? All right, well... So much to get into here with uh, updates about the latest hoax at Mar-a-Lago. Lindsey Graham, he's out there. Uh, he says the Mar-a-Lago raids the same playbook as the Russia collusion hoax. Hey, Lindsey, I what? Did you listen to my podcast? You're late to the game. No kidding, Lindsey. Man, when Lindsey is right, he is right. He can really point out the obvious about two weeks late, don't you think? Good on Lindsey. This looks like the Russian collusion hoax. Yes, yes, Lindsay. Well done. Well done. Brilliant, as always. Um, all right, so update on this FBI raid. So the judge, <laughs> you know, it's amazing to me because no judge in his right mind would have approved this affidavit. So you can't really expect a lot of honesty from this judge because he's covering for himself as well now. But the judge ordered the redacted affidavit to be released on Friday. That's tomorrow. So, of course, he orders it released on Friday, right? It's supposed to be released by noon, but yeah, let's drop, you know, the biggest story in the news cycle on a Friday midday before everyone kind of retires for the weekend. 
They, they, they're doing this on him. Why doesn't he wait and release it on Monday when you're getting started with a news cycle? Well, we know why. They're trying to impede the story from getting out there, from really being dug into and having the maximum impact. That's what they, they always just drop it on a Friday. Anytime they drop a story on Friday, it's because they don't want it in the news, but they can't avoid putting it in the news. That's why this happens. I can tell you somebody in the news. Friday, Saturday, Saturday, I mean, this is like, look, I work seven days a week. I don't have this luxury. But, you know, most people in this industry, Friday, they shut down, you know. Yeah, I mean, maybe they do their show, but, I mean, they're ready to, to just turn it off over the weekend. And so they're going to release it Friday and try and take momentum out of this story, which is huge, right? So, you know, it was 30 FBI agents who conducted this raid, by the way. Previously, it had been reported as two dozen. I mean, six more, I think that's a big deal. 30 sounds a lot worse, but they reported it as 24 previously. So now it's 30 FBI agents. And... um. Oh, man, I, I, I got I to kind of vacillate and go off track here, but it's all leading towards the same conclusion. So guess what? Ashley Biden's diary, you know, the one they told us wasn't real, but then the FBI showed up concerned, not just concerned, they raided James O'Keefe, right, of Project Veritas. They raided his house searching for it. They got a search warrant for that, too. See, see, this is not new. The FBI is the Gestapo. They are used by the Democratic Party to hide narratives, hide evidence, attack people who threaten to uh, put out damaging true stories about the Democratic Party. They raid their homes, and they also give orders, by the way, to their own FBI agents not to look into stories that damage them as well. So, So anyway... So this diary wasn't real, they kept saying. Oh, it's, you know, it's not real. It's so not real that the FBI raided O'Keefe's house for it. And the FBI was, conversely, ordered not to look into Hunter Biden's laptop. That's right, some whistleblowers have come forward, and, and they said, you know, they didn't want interference in the 2020 elections. Oh, okay, so let's hide the biggest story of our lifetimes that shows that Joe Biden has been paid off by the communist Chinese, our enemy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want to interfere with with elections. Let's suppress that story. Can you imagine, by the way, the FBI, if they had found a Don Jr.'s diary or what, Ivanka? Any of Trump's children, spouses, ex-wives, Melania's. Can you imagine? Do you think the FBI would be raiding, I don't know, Don Lamont's house if he had a copy of that that diary? If it was going to, you know, hurt Trump? No, of course not. I mean, imagine the FBI raiding anyone's house for a diary. Is that not insane? Which leads, well, it gives additional credibility to what I stated a few days ago when I came out and explained what this was all about. Because I believe what Cash Patel was saying was true, that, look, the the FBI and the DOJ and the Democrats, 
they raided Donald Trump's home because they're trying to find documents that he has related to Trump-Russia collusion. So they're raiding his home to seize documents that are damaging to the Democrats, just like they raided James O'Keefe's home and the Project Veritas, Veritas headquarters because they wanted to seize a diary that would be damaging to them. Do you see the trend here? It's all becoming so clear. And like I said, you know, meanwhile, the FBI is told not to investigate Hunter Biden's laptop. They didn't want to change the outcome of the election. But what are they trying to do with this raid of Trump's home? They're trying to change the election in the midterms. So anyway, back to Ashley, Ashley Biden's diary. This is the diary, by the way. I think one of the biggest scandals in there is that Ashley Biden wrote that she recalled as a child. She, look, she's a, a sex addict. She's got a, a lot of serious issues um, that she talked about in her diary. And one of those things was that part of the reason for her kind of I don't want to, I don't, I mean, sexual depravity, I mean, this, this, this illness that she, she has suffered in her life, she attributes part of it to, she recalls when her father, Joe Biden, showered with her, and she talks about how she remembered it feeling inappropriate. So... I mean, they, look, I, I mean, look, they made up the, the, uh, you know, golden shower story about Donald Trump. Remember, Donald Trump used the same hotel room in Moscow as Barack Obama. He hated Barack Obama so much that he engaged in this pee-pee hoax. And, and that was all over the media, wasn't it? And it wasn't even true. It was just made up. And here we have Ashley Biden, the daughter of Joe Biden, writing about her how her father showered with her in an inappropriate manner when she was younger, a child, a teenager. Well, I don't know if she was a teenager. I don't want to. I don't want to say anything that's not true. But the point is, at some point in her life, young adult, adult life, she recalls her father showering with her inappropriate. Now that is from the hand of his daughter. And the media, no coverage, right? No cover. This just tells you how worthless our media is. How focused they are on, well, they're propagandists. So anyway, two Florida residents pled guilty to conspiring to traffic the diary. So it turns out, you know, the media lied again. They suppressed another story, the diary. Two damaging things. And you know, I've had a theory for a long time. It makes me wonder. I mean, what are the odds that Ashley Biden would just leave her personal diary behind in a hotel room? And what are the odds that Hunter Biden, as messed up as he is and was, would just leave and abandon his laptop, which has all kinds of incriminating information against him and his family at that repair shop? What are the odds? I've often wondered if this wasn't a, an attempt to cry for help from the children. An attempt to expose their own father as the pervert, as the evil person, as the corrupt person that he was. Because this man was not 
a good father. And you can see the children. Well, you see what they've become. And he bears much of that responsibility, as any parent does. And in this case, it's very clear. Ashley Biden says that contributed to, to the, the issue she faced personally in her own lives, that shower incident. Hunter Biden coddled life, free of responsibility, his dad bailing him out left and right. Life of privilege without any accountability, personal responsibility. And so I often wondered, were they trying to get that out? All right, so anyway, the FBI raid, just like I've said, here we go. So we have two constitutional lawyers who served at the Department of Justice and the White House Counsel's Office in both, uh, well, in Reagan and George H.W. Bush administrations. Well, they have come out and asserted that the warrant used to search former President Donald Trump's residence suggests that the FBI had no legally valid cause for the raid. That's right. That's right. It was an absolute abuse of power. And they say this is because, and I've made this point too, and I'm glad they've come out and said it. I'm not a constitutional lawyer, but, you know, in some cases you really need a constitutional lawyer because you can't know everything. You didn't study it forever. You don't have the extensive knowledge that they do. But in other cases, you and I are, are just as much expert as we need to be. Because we can read the Constitution. It wasn't a document devised for lawyers. It was devised for we the people. They wrote it in plain ink. So anyway, so they say this is because Trump's possession of the documents at his residence, right? Those classified documents or whatever they're, they're, they're trying to retrieve. Well, it's entirely consistent with federal law. Because federal law gives former presidents, this is a great point. Former presidents have the highest security clearance. They have access to those documents, classified or not, regardless of the statutes the FBI uses as justification in its warrant. You're not going to prosecute Donald Trump. for the, The man has unfettered access to any documents from his administration. He was the president. He was the authority that could declassify anything he wished, who could read anything he wanted. Nobody could prevent him from reading something that he wanted to. He had the highest clearance. And so you're not going to prosecute this guy because he has them locked up in a box in his house? Give me a break. So anyway, so that's where that's going. But I want you to to share because... um, well, the, the point that I made about the university system, because I think it's it's an important point to make, and not enough people are making it, and I hope that other people begin making that point. Because it is, it is as I said, it's, it's an absolute racket. We subsidize the university system, pad the pockets of the professors and the administrators, And they, in turn, turn out a bunch of indoctrinated Democrat voters. This is the scheme. And that's why the Democrats push for more and more education. They want kids in school as long as possible. Doctorate degrees, whatever. They don't care about the debt. 
And the universities don't either because they get paid. And if they really wanted to fix this system, they'd put the universities on the hook. They'd stop offering loans and they would make places like Harvard use their $40 billion endowments to subsidize the students, not us. So it's unfair all the way around. All right, this is Drew Allen. God bless you all and until next time.